0: Between that and what the professor knows, you would expect that if this ritual were sufficiently disrupted, that that would cause intense localized, an intense localized surge and bleed that would be most likely to impact the people that were there. But if you were close enough to interfere, it could probably also be dangerous to you.
1: But if we don't interfere, then... Something worse would happen.
0: There's a good chance that this person will get what they want. It just might take a few minutes rather than being able to happen right away. So while this is happening, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, Jody, that you have been able to poke around and can ID another way that you can get down without having to like climb down on a rope here so you can present that alternative to the group.
2: Yeah, as dramatic as it would be just to kind of like dangle a rope and then slide down. uh, (laughs) I do tell the, the rest of the group that we should probably do this roundabout way. If we want to pursue this.
1: Alternate pitch then to the doctor who would know slightly better than me the mechanisms of this. It's like, I can feel the energy. I can see the energy. I can whatever the energy. Is there a way to modify this spell so that the energy is channeled into something else? Mm-hmm. such that it does not either lead to huge bleed or the opening of the thing and yeah. i will volunteer to be the the channeler for this purpose as the Ooh. as the weird as the resident yeah. weird
0: so there are specific special abilities that would let you do this more readily without those trying to do this would be extraordinarily dangerous for you and would either or it can be potentially fatal and you can do it in a matter of minutes or it could be very dangerous and it would probably take you longer than you have before they are done if you are if you get closer it would become a bit easier but also you would be within more of a blast range
1: yeah we'll see what happens i guess
3: okay wait wait before before flora does this amazing sacrificial moment So we've still got the book, right? We do. Hypothetically.
4: If that book, we were to take the book which itself is filled with energy that's flowing in the wrong direction. The funny thing about books, when they're dropped from a height, is they tend to open. Have you noticed that? Their pages fly in the wind, and they stay open all the way down, usually, if you start them right.
3: I'm wondering if we can drop the book dead in the middle of this ritual, creating one of two effects. Either it is a blowback effect of no too much power, right? Or if it the effect that it creates is for it to land on someone who then picks it up and then whatever that thing has been summoning when the book is opened comes to deal with whatever this thing is. And if it's the same thing, if they're trying to summon the same thing as the thing that's being summoned by this book, then that person, that creature is going to show up a lot earlier and is going to be a lot more pissed than if the ritual had been done properly and will attack the people that are directly immediately there, as opposed to all of old fair. I mean, new fair.
0: So what I'll say is that's, it's viable. So the upsides are that you will be at a remove from whatever collateral damage occurs downside you will not have a lot of ability to immediately or quickly respond to that opening gambit
3: right (laughs) if things go wrong right yeah Mm.
0: also you know that if you go high enough up there's thousands of people directly above
1: you
3: so the question is how localized would it be
1: you should get yeah. closer and, I guess, see what happens. So, explorer, bring us down.
0: All right. Lead the, lead the way. Okay. So, uh, in the interest of time, you're able to lead the, the the four down. And we join you kind of peeking out from behind a rock. And you can see that there's almost a dozen people most of them look like kind of laborers and technicians but there is a uh kind of finely dressed woman in like a full uh kind of full white um you know like a full white like ermine coat uh like cigar cigarillo and like her hair is up it's like like victory curls because we're in anachronism land right like victory curls and then like kind of swooping out hair in the back. And this is a woman of, you know, 40 something, highly refined and extremely Madeleine Rost, who spends people as quickly as she spends uh, inherited dollars. And these technicians are working on a number of various machines. You've got the lights that you'd already identified and they are about 20 feet out from this great, massive 30 foot tall set of double doors upon which three of the four sigils in like a four panel set two panels per door three glow with intense purple light with bleed and then there is like light and energy flowing both from the, um, the incantation that madeleine is is performing and from a number of other like just imagine some like evil science kit stuff. And like there's a bellows, and then there's like a, it's a more like a more kind of science industry ish version of like a cauldron. And so there's like some weird magic shit that is like bellowing out smoke that then is being directed and concretized and filling up the, this last sigil like it was a, a glass with wine slowly being poured into it.
3: Charming.
5: Describe, so I'm guessing that most of these evil science materials are made of glass or something equally very shatter easily fragile.
0: Oh, extremely shatterable.
5: Cool. Can my hand weapon be a handgun? Oh, yeah. Cool. I'm going to shoot the thing.
0: Okay. This... Is a place where I will definitely say that if other folks would like to add to that, either with your own handgun or be assisting in some way, this would be a great time to do that.
1: I feel like if Flora saw what Ollie was doing, she would be like, what? No. So I'm going to not assist and just assume that she was not paying attention to Ollie.
0: Sure. There's a lot of magical stuff to pay attention
2: to.
1: She is overwhelmed.
2: So so Ollie takes out the gun, right? And I would say my first reaction would be thinking that you're about to shoot uh, Madeline. <laughs> so like I'm kind of like, like I'm not going to stop you, but also I'm a little bit concerned. But yeah, then this is as very you swivel the the gun over to I assume the the breakable glass thing that's in your range. I'll I'll kind of like. Um, catch on that you're trying to disrupt this machine and i'm trying to think is there it's i know lead is something that has been known to kind of deaden the effects of this obscure thing yep. is there anything that could be incorporated into one of those one of those survival blankets <laughs> could oh, sure. be one of my gear is essentially just to hold that up like in front of me and the other two who aren't aren't shooting, because, I mean, I'd hold it up in front of Ollie, too, but right. you need to shoot, so... Because, like, I, I'm anticipating a blowback of some sort.
0: Yeah, so if you mark your survival gear, I will okay. let that have something of an insulation effect against kind mm-hmm. of a, a magical explosion or something like that, and you can stand ready yep. to protect the group.
2: All right, I'm just going to be like, well, just whip that out and kind of... Throw it in front of the the other two would probably get most of it if they're near me because I'm more concerned about blocking them. But maybe I could do something like this. I don't know how long my arm span is. <laughs> y'all, think, y'all have to be close.
0: <laughs> you know, maybe you can unfurl it a bit, and it's a bit. Yeah, lighter. and so that yeah, you know, yeah, you're holding it up, and it kind of does like a wave thing, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's this- go for that. <laughs>
3: This is like an Indiana Jones deal, right? So there should be a fridge nearby we can all fit into in the case oh, of nuclear yeah. explosion. <laughs>
2: that so one's that not canon. <laughs> where's the human-sized vial um, <laughs> that we can climb into? Uh, uh, <laughs> right?
0: It's like a bleed containment TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do
1: have some occult supplies and also a ward. I don't know if either of those would be useful. I think the ward is only a personal uh, effect, right? And it's not a great ward because I don't have that ability, so...
0: It is. It is definitely personal scale.
1: Okay, that's what I figured. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't have the ability to ward us
5: all. Alas. Right,
0: Ollie. It sounds like you are being left to your own devices.
5: Yeah. Fun fact: I have no dice in control, so I'm uh, so I'm shooting with uh, base two d six.
0: Fortunately, this is a high stakes roll.
5: Yes, I'm spending two drive. <laughs> I have no more drives. So that's two?
0: Yeah. All right. Four, though. So... on a four, you're gonna realize, as you kind of focus, exhale, line up your shot, and you realize... I'll, again, go to Sherlock Holmes. Your mind plays out how this will go. You fire this here. This combusts. It flows back up that beaker to blow that up. It goes over there. It splashes this way. You see a choreography of mayhem play out, and you realize that it is going to eventually blow up in such a way that the front kind of eave of the this library is going to collapse down on to all of these people and that the kind of the chain reaction effect would be extraordinarily dangerous to all of you. So you can take this shot expecting that all or almost all of the members of Madeleine's group will be deceased, but you all may be terribly injured. Or you can pick a different shot that will probably ruin the ritual, but will leave all of these people healthy enough to deal with you. What would you do?
5: I guess they die.
0: <laughs> okay. And that? In this moment, we, we learn a little bit about what kind of a person Ollie Fry is. So it's a good thing, Jody, that you'd already brought out this survival gear that is somewhat proof against kind of supernatural um, phenomena of a sort. In slow mo, the bullet flies and everything plays out as Ollie had imagined. Such is Ollie's kind of astuteness and the precision of his imagination. And it plays out and it plays out, and this explodes. We're probably getting some kind of like bombastic but cursed version of an orchestral piece. Like the 1812 orchestra yeah, or yeah, yeah.
4: played da, by every, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: everything is out of tune, yep. as if it were being played by like Apocalyptica or like a goth metal band.
3: Yeah, Rage Against the Machine does Tchaikovsky. I got it.
0: And these technicians go down. Two of them are just literally consumed in purple fire. One of them has just a ton of glass exploded uh, into them like shrapnel. And then the front of this library falls down and our kind of, our mind's eye camera goes to POV from Madeleine as she sees just literal tons of ancient, ancient limestone raining down and bringing her expedition to an abrupt end but that second round of of destruction as the as this kind of limestone hits floor you realize that magic was built into the very architecture here this building was made with alchemy and so this limestone might as well be like glycerin soaked tnt and so there is a second round of explosions that would kill all of you, if Jody had not brought out this uh this great <laughs> blanket. But Jody, I am going to need you to make a role to great see blanket. how well <laughs> you blanket. are able to protect your colleagues. Uh, so what action do you think that is? Uh let me have a look. All right. I could see focus or control, There's but let me know like if you have an argument hmm. for anything else. Man,
2: I'm just going for control and, and using all four of my drives <laughs> because I don't okay, want yeah, everyone yeah. to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, so we're going to go. So what
0: I'll say uh-huh. is yeah, yeah. because you have mind over matter, oh, you, can okay. mark, you can take a brain mark to oh. use any action. And you can spend the drive that goes with that action. Okay. So you could take one to brain and use move. All right. But you have gilded. And Sweet. you have two in.
2: Alright, I'll do that. Um, I'll take one to brain. Let's see, I'm trying to figure out where to mark that.
0: Um, it's marks over on the right hand. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. One.
2: Oh, there we go. Yep. Anyway. Uh, and yeah, use move yep. and my my four. So I guess that's sixty-six. It is
0: six dice. That's the most you can roll. Come
2: on now. Get at least one <laughs> six, please.
0: At least one six or there's going to be some substantial pain for,
1: oh boy. for somebody. Oh, oh my goodness. Four that fives. <laughs> two
0: threes and four fives. What a,
2: is going on here?
0: Not a six among <laughs> critically them. Critically mehs. Come on, critically mehs. So <laughs> here's two things I will say. One, Jody, you can spend one of your nerve resistances and re-roll with two dice hoping to get a six. Or a donor at $20 or more will allow, in this case, a unique reroll.
2: Look at this dog's face. I, I
3: got
0: my, I got my lucky... Four, four, four dice blanket. instead of three. It's
3: blanket, but it's a St. John's University blanket that's got to be usable yes. for something. It's literally a professor's what? blanket being used <laughs> to support... <laughs> the incredible
2: blanket
0: I, work. I okay. appreciate the fictional positioning.
2: <laughs> the the question is so if I do like uh, roll two and they're like worse uh, than, than my than five, do I have to use them?
0: Yes, but you could spend your second resistance and then re-roll those two again.
2: Oh, I you
3: get to get use like them twice in a t- That's cool. Yeah, because
0: yeah. the character has two resistances in that category. Mm-hmm. so you could roll two d six with one resistance and then spend your second to roll two d six again and hope that across those four you get at least one well,
2: success. what do you say, everyone? <laughs> let's do it let's let's do it. We might all die, but at least we'll die trying <laughs> all okay.
5: right I so, believe in you
2: uh, the first reroll spend in that
0: nerve slash roll yeah, hey stop wiggling that's the nerve resistance here. And see this is gonna be in zero.
2: Oh Yay!
0: Okay. we got it! Okay, the so luck worked with St. John's luck. <laughs> <look. laughs> so hmm. with a six and the blanket, all of you are knocked a good 30 feet back, and you're all kind of you all black out for a moment, possibly with the exception of Jody. For whom the world is just spinning, and you can barely see through the like kind of purple dust, purple gray dusty haze of this absolute disaster scene. But you are the first to kind of come to your senses, and you see that the kind of the door remains, the glow kind of seeping out of these sigils and pooling, reaching out, grabbing, dissolving, and consuming the bodies of the technicians, of Madeleine, the unnatural human-made materials of a group of people nearly as filled with hubris and curiosity as those that made the library in the first place all pulled and melted and drained down into the very earth where there is no drain. There is only the hunger of something ancient. And when you look down to your colleagues, they are beaten and bloodied, but everyone is whole. The book remains, and you're just going to have a hell of a headache for Ooh. several days.
2: Yeah, that's um so is is Ollie Ollie's all right? Um was he knocked like cuz I I would want I'd want to make sure everyone was as far away from this
0: yeah. force as possible. So, I will let each of you decide mm-hmm. how how hard did this hit you and how are you feeling? When one by one Jody comes to check on each of you, um, I'm gonna start with Ollie since uh, since you mentioned her first.
5: I probably very vaguely remember anything that happened inside there. Like my back is screwed up, my hip is screwed up. I probably took a very serious blow to the head, and I like I turn to Jody and I go, but nobody found out, right?
2: found out found what
5: i mean i'm sure news will spread that a thing happened in the ruins but nobody heard what right
2: i think aside from us everyone here is dead so
5: <laughs> i can deal with that
2: <laughs> what are you going to report
5: oh. That lunatic set off some dynamite in the ruins and that's why you shouldn't be in the ruins.
2: I mean, checks out. I don't disagree with that.
5: Good. Until that time, I'm gonna go back to sleep now.
2: Right, Good night. <laughs> I'll just I'll and... check on the others. I, I I think we're gonna be okay.
0: <laughs> Laura and Dr. Weldon. Uh how are you feeling when you wake from this uh this terrible shock
3: i'm d- i'm the last to wake up almost okay. certainly i am i am it's lucky that i do wake up
1: <laughs> laura is experiencing a cocktail of emotions right now she is frustrated with Ollie because what the heck her vision is blurred and the auras that she's seeing are wrong Hmm. And even worse, she's experiencing a very strange sensation of hunger.
0: Ooh. Okay. And Herr Professor, is this more or less wild than your postdoc days?
4: <laughs> well, the
3: comprehensives were difficult, but no. Um the uh so I I I I wake up in pain, but that's just a typical Tuesday for my. No, um, I I uh, sort of wake from this hurting all over, um, and I kind of see, you know, what's what's left, and I kind of, uh, uh, and I kind of see that uh, there's no trace. I assume, like, you know. There's no trace of Madeline and all the rest of them. They've just been absorbed in the way that we described, you described.
0: There should be remains and there are none. Well, we've
4: ended this threat and fed whatever it is that was creating it. So that's unfortunate. When happens, what we'll have to do next. I've got to go grade some damned exams. And I kind of like pull
3: myself, you know, slowly up to my feet. And I kind of nod at um nod at Jody. And then uh sort of look at Ollie with a mixture of sort of mingled respect and also like disdain isn't the right word, but it's sort of like, I'm impressed. Also, what the hell were you doing? Like I'm I'm, you know, that combination of things. And then last of all, I look at Flora and I may look at Flora for an extra beat or two because I may note Flora's sort of mixed reactions along with that, and I may be sensing a bit of this hunger, and I'd
4: say, After my office hours, Flora should have dinner and talk and see how you're doing, if you understand what I mean. we should... Are you all right?
1: I I think you need a doctor, doctor.
4: Ah... I I recover quickly not as quickly as I did 50 years ago mind you but quickly enough
3: and I kind of dra- drag myself uh up and then out although I do carefully brush the dust from the elbow patches on the tweed jacket
0: okay. so from there we will kind of wipe to a an epilogue montage so if you could each give me just a short image Um, you know, a very short vignette of either how you're covering this up or doing paperwork or returning to your everyday life. And we will start with Flora.
1: Flora is not well. We see Flora, uh, Flora lives in a boarding house with a lot of other people. Uh, She does have a private room. There's a cafeteria on the first floor where you get, you know, two meals a day as part of uh, the thing because it's a a fairly large place. And um someone knocks on the door to ask how she's doing, and just through the door she says, I'm I'm alright. I'm alright, Susie. I'll I'll be out in a few. And we see her sitting inside of a meticulously drawn salt circle filled with sigils,
0: mm.
1: candles at each corner, and her eyes are glowing an eerie purple as More purple, apparently viscous liquid is uh, pouring from her fingertips into the floor.
0: Amazing. I hate it. Good job. Okay. Uh, Next. Who would like to go?
5: I can go next. So I am at the Daily Register typing furiously. Uh, A very obviously polemically worded article about uh how madeline madeline rost lost her life like a fool (laughs) trying to blow up the ruins and the assistant to the editor-in-chief is like leaning over my desk shouting why do you always get the weird ones where the hell were you several nights ago we didn't hear from you or anything and suddenly we're learning you know something that was going on going Going down in old fair and didn't let anybody know. Didn't even alert the authorities that people were carrying nitroglycerin in large glass, large glass canisters all the way down to the ruins. You just decided you were going to follow them down into the ruins and like. And I'm just typing like none of that does none of that uh matters to me at all. And then out of the corner of my eye, there is a. Photograph of my um, old neighborhood friend, Kenneth, photo of like two of us playing in my in my uh, parents' backyard when we were very, very young. But out of the corner of my eye, that's not what I see in that photo. What I see in the photo instead is both of us in the woods at night looking up with terror this large looming shadowed thing with like luminous piercing eyes staring at us furiously as like one of its large hands large talons something grabs kenny off the ground and lifts him 15 20 25 feet in the air and I look back at the photo, nope, it's just us still playing. And that's when I noticed that the assistant the the in chief is talking to me. He's like, yes, it's fine. I just, I, I was following a hunch. You will like this story when I'm done. Just let me finish it first and then just go back to typing. And then the world just kind of disappears around me again.
0: Huh. And then either Dr. Wilden or Jody mutt. What- quick moment do we see for you
3: it's up to you i don't if you want to go first you can darcy or i can
2: okay i like i'm always i'm always wondering with zoom It's was like it's hard to make eye contact to go like this yeah i know (laughs) i know (laughs) (laughs) i'll go um so yeah we we uh see jody with the only indication of this being a little scratch a little scratch on i don't know her nose or something one of those very cinematically placed injuries that that doesn't really affect um much else uh, other than Appearance, But uh, she's rattling down the side of, of a, a mountain and then um, hiking through these forest lots of pine and finding a place to set up camp near a river. And upstream on the river, she sees a let's assume that there's black bears that live in this in this huh. country uh, searching for a fish and and thinks how how integral it is uh life and death and death and life in in this world we live in
0: <laughs> okay and then we return once more to dr Wilden. what do we see from him
3: so i think that i am um in my office uh late at night i am scribbling and as the as you first see it the assumption is because i have a stack of exams next to me so the assumption is that that's what i'm doing And indeed, I have been sort of going through, you know, different exams and looking down at them. But the last exam that I'm working on, um, because I'm tired and it's late and, you know, my vision is blurred and I've been, (laughs) unlike what we talked about with Jody, the injuries are numerous and repeated and multiple and are in all sorts of not great places, but um, none of them fatal though. And So I'm in a lot of pain, whatever, and I'm kind of half nodding and falling asleep. And then in the flickering lantern light, I sort of take several looks down and I can see the words of the exam are kind of blurring together. And as I look down at it, it goes from being this mundane answer about uh, the nature of occult history and, you know, 1825 and Old Fair, et cetera, et cetera, And the very clear message, um, that is spelled out, uh, in red ink is, this is not the last and we are among you. And so I, I kind of, and then I blink and that, you know, then it's back to being its usual normal self and I kind of sigh heavily and,
4: well, damn it. It's too late to call on anyone, but I'm old. They'll have to see me anyway.
3: And I get up from the uh, office, uh, from the desk, and I, just before turning to leave to go find my uh, companions, uh, turn out uh, the light and the lantern,
0: plunging the room into darkness. And then the last thing we see is a dream, and it's a dream shared by all four of you. And it's the kind of dream where it's a little bit processing what you've been through in the last couple of days, but everything is jumbled up and it's out of order, and there's things that are totally unrelated that are mixed in. But for all of you, it ends the same. There's the great explosion, and when you pick yourselves up, where the library was is instead the shadowy form of a cloaked figure holding a giant book and two glowing purple eyes and this figure closes the book folds it into themselves and you get the sense of a smile as if a storm smiled at you knowing that it would catch up maybe not today Maybe not tomorrow, but Gnosis will have their due. And that is going to be the end of our one shot. (laughs) I want to say thank you so much to Darcy Little Badger and Valerie Valdez for joining us today in this and to my co-hosts, Brandon O'Brien and Gregory A. Wilson, for being this circle of investigators uh, and for taking this journey to the land of new fair and old fair with me. Uh, Again, this is Candela Obscura, a investigative horror role-playing game using the Illuminated Worlds system, and it is coming out this Tuesday from Darrington Press with Critical Role, and I am very excited to uh, get to do this more. There's going to be VTT support on at least like Demiplane, I believe, and so there are some opportunities to uh, get excited about that game. And if we, if we get some, uh, some very impressive donations, this will not be the last time we talk about Candle Obscura tonight because offering a copy of it is somewhere down the road, but there will need to be many more donations and we'll need to blow up a lot of mechs mm-hmm. between now and then. But before that, I wanna invite valerie and then darcy to remind us where we can find you on the internet before we say farewell
1: friends you can find me on the internet at valerieveldez.com. you can find me on twitch at kids are asleep which is when i stream monday through thursday
2: all right and you can find me on twitch at author little badger and i do writing sprints on tuesday and gaming thursday sunday oh my goodness oh she's stretching on my face okay you can find me on instagram at doctor period little badger Or you'll see photos of Princess Peach there, too.
0: (laughs) Magnificent. All right. Uh, Thank you again, and thanks to everyone for watching and for your donations so far.